Welcome back to the Passive Road to Retirement podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Jarrett. Today, we're joined by Nate Dodson. Nate is a founding and managing member of Dodson Robinette, which owns and operates multiple specialized law firm brands, including crowdfunding lawyers, Dodson Legal Group, real estate, estate protection lawyers, and others. Through crowdfunding lawyers, whose motto is securities simplified, Nate shares with the masses many of the secrets to entrepreneurial success and simplified capitalization throughout the hundreds of interviews, podcasts, and other business-related speeches given by Nate through the years. Nate, welcome to the show. Hey, gr- great to have me, or great to have be here. So appreciate <laughs> <Absolutely>. you. <laughs> so, yeah. So I guess uh, we'll get right into it. I, uh, how did you get into you know practicing law, and then how did you get on the real estate side of law? Well, sounds good. I was uh, before I was ever a lawyer. I was a stockbroker back when there actually were stockbrokers. Uh, I was living in Austin, Texas. It was during the the tech boom, and just selling the, these online, the internet startups like crazy. And it worked well until it didn't. So around 2000, 2001, the bubble burst, <laughs> and it was like, ah, I got to figure out something new. Yep. I knew lawyers made a lot of money, so off to law school I go. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was like some deeper like meaning behind it, but no, just lawyers made good money. So yep. there was my direction. <laughs> That's funny. That's great. So you guess you learned um, a lot of, you know, capital raising, marketing, networking during your stockbroking uh, time. Uh, you nailed it. It, it kind of gave me a different twist and uh, background compared to really most lawyers that are out there and how to sell investors, market to investors, how to treat them mm-hmm. so that they come back and reinvest. Uh, and so it was after law school, I actually started my first firm in Las Vegas during its real estate boom time. And so it's kind of been from that point around 2005, 2006-ish going forward, I've always been in real estate, always been doing deals, at both as the GP, as the attorney, as doing the closings, as you know, helping on the capital side, the security side, and everything in between. Awesome. Awesome. So you're very experienced. Uh, people want to reach out to you, you know, for help on these syndications. Been there, done that, and, and would love to help at any of your listeners. Awesome. I guess uh, for people who don't know, maybe you could kind of, in simple terms, you know, tell us what a security is exactly. Sure. Yeah. And people get so confused. And it's just basically if you're pooling together investor funds, doesn't matter if it's two or 200, you're pulling together the investor funds that you're managing or somebody's managing. And those investors, they're passive and they're just looking for a return on their money. That's the simplified definition of what a security is. And then that brings up all kinds of regulations and what you can market, what you can't market, how you should sell, present, and of course, document, document, document. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, on that, I guess for someone's first, you know, if they're going to go raise money syndication, do you suggest a 506B versus a C or any pointers for somebody doing their first deal? 
Sure. But my pointer is the first thing is figure out who your investors are going to be. <laughs> yeah. First step is always how are you going to bring people to the table? And the the regulation D, that's like the private securities. You don't register them. And it's kind of been the standard staple of how to raise capital. But there's other options, especially nowadays. Mm -hmm. But with the Reg D506B, we call that the friends and family round. Because you got to have a relationship with the investors. So if you're calling up grandma, your friends, your business associates, the guy that you golf with, it doesn't really matter. That's a nice, easy direction. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't really know a bunch of people, then you got that Regulation D-506C, different rule. I know it sounds similar, but B versus C. Now, all of a sudden, you can advertise online. That's when we start getting into crowdfunding. Uh, now, there's some limitations on the suitability of investors that can be accepted. Hmm. Namely, that they call them accredited investors. And what an accredited investor is, super important definition for everybody to know. Basically, an investor that's a millionaire. They have a net worth of a million dollars or more, not including their house. Yep. Or they're making, as an individual, $200,000 a year. Or if they need to include their spouse, at least $300,000 a year. Now, there's more to it. There's a bunch of other categories as well. But if you just remember kind of those simplified concepts, you're like 90% there. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's, that's where it's like, I love the question that you asked. But my first question to anybody that's looking to do their first raise is always, who are your investors? And then that drives which regulation that we work with. Mm -hmm. And even nowadays, there's a regulation called regulation crowdfunding that allows you to raise capital from everybody. It's just different animals. But at the end of the day, it's who's going to invest, how much you need as an investment, the size of it, the scope, et cetera. Okay. That actually brings in my next uh, question for you. Now, I, on your website, there's a lot of information on crowdfunding. Uh, I guess, what's the benefits and what are the drawbacks of maybe crowdfunding versus like a traditional, you know, raising of through a syndication or, you know, what's your experience with that? So let me just kind of say crowdfunding is, it's a great buzzword and it means a ton of different things. I mean, everybody's heard of Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. Indiegogo, like that's crowdfunding, but it's like, I have this super awesome table that like, there's this little magnetic ball that moves around sands. Totally got it off Kickstarter. Awesome. We do different types of crowdfunding, but when we talk about crowdfunding, I just consider it, you're asking the crowd, you're marketing towards the masses looking for investors. So I would say that includes the Reg D 506C. It includes, it's regulation CF, is this regulation crowdfunding. And there's other bigger ways to do it that it's kind of like how big of a, a apple are you trying to bite? You've got like this, you can raise up to $5 million through this regulation crowdfunding. You can raise as much as you want through this Reg D. You can raise up to $75 million under what's called Reg A. 
I call them all crowdfunding because every one of them allows you to start running webinars, email blasts, social media advertising, the ways that you can just market out to everybody that doesn't have that traditional securities limitation of you're not allowed to accept investors unless you actually know them, that friends and family that we just talked about. Okay. So a lot of benefits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You nailed it. Okay. So, and so it's like somebody starting out, honestly, it's, you know, who knows, likes, and trusts you is always the number one investor. And so pretty often the answer is, well, we do a 506B offering to start because there's always options to change directions. Okay. And so with a lot of like the earlier syndicators, the guys that are just getting into their first deals, we'll do that friends and family round and then close it and immediately reopen a crowdfunding type offering. So now all of a sudden they've hit the limit of their network. Now they can go beyond. Okay. Now I've seen on social media a lot of uh, people have been asking. So you have you're doing a raise as a 506B, and then they switch to a 506C mid raise. Do you have any experience with that, or any you know suggestions or anything on that? So big suggestion is well, you can do it at any time. So and if you're going from a 506B to a 506C, that friends and family to now we're advertising and crowdfunding, it can literally be done in a day. But if you go the other direction, you're doing a crowdfunding and now you're trying to do a friends and family round, you have to wait at least 30 days where you shut everything down. You're not raising capital. You're not doing anything until that month passes and then you can reopen they call it a safe harbor, meaning that as long as you're not doing anything, raising capital, you can now do this other round of capital raising. Okay. And just to kind of like give a little bit more insight, like why would you do this friends and family round versus this crowdfunding round? Because there's a lot of the 506B to 506C, 506C to 506B, some, not as much. With the 506B, you believe your investors. They call it self-certification. They fill out their information. They check a box that says, I'm accredited. <laughs> they give you information. I'm sophisticated. I understand that I may gain, I may lose, I may lose the entire investment. And you can take up to 35 of those non-accredited investors and an unlimited number of the accredited investors. So it's like an easier process compared to that Reg D 506C requires you to verify. It's 100% accredited investors and you have to have this secondary process where it's actually proven. Mm -hmm. I say that the proof is 90% of the time, a simple one page letter that their CPA signs that says, nope, John Smith, he's accredited and then that's it. But there is that second step that has to take place. Hey, everyone. Hope you're enjoying this episode. Are you ready to maximize your real estate investing to its full potential? Send me an email at andrew at jarrettcapital.com and take your life and business to all new levels. That's andrew at 
R-R-E-T-T capital.com. I'm sure going from a C to a B with that 30-day lag there in the middle of a raise trying to close a property would be pretty difficult. With real estate deals, it's it can be a deal killer. Now, the same rules apply if you're trying to fund your startup, you're trying to buy a company, same problems if you're trying to buy a company, but raising capital, bringing together investors, it's for funds, the real estate syndications, the difference between the two in a fund generally, like I can't really tell you what I'm going to buy. I'm going to draw a box, but you got to trust me that I'm going to go buy this property or this stock. With the syndication, I'm going to tell you the address, everything about exactly what I'm going to buy, and I'm not going to acquire anything else. So it, it's those types of differences that are make the difference on the real estate side, but it's the same thing on businesses. You're starting up a company, and now you're needing to actually fund the business. Right. It's still a securities raise. So it, it's just... Yeah, what I'm, my point being is like the things that I'm talking about, and we are chatting about real estate, it just applies across the board. Sure, sure. Okay. And now you've got a new book out, uh, Investment Planning Alchemy and the Art of Not Going to Jail. <laughs> I love the, <laughs> love the title. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, you know, it was more than anything. It's with every client, we spend hours with them structuring, planning how they're going to do their investments, like take them from a newbie that's never done a deal ever mm -hmm. to they're pretty educated and they understand not just the structure, but the marketing, what they're doing and why they're doing it. And I'm hoping that it actually can someday save me time and energy <laughs> right. by saying, hey, here's a book. Yep. Go ahead and read it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. I guess what um, do you have any pointers maybe you want to highlight out of that book to kind of tell people how to stay out of jail or what to really, you know, not do? <laughs> uh, well, let me do what you say and say what you do. Uh, that is the most overriding pointer that I could ever give to anybody that's working with investors. And it's as simple as if you say what you're going to do and you do it, it doesn't really, well, it always matters if an investment fails, but the investors don't have as much of a leg to stand on when they say, well, you didn't do things right. Or you didn't tell me this. Like, no, that's why we have these disclosure documents, these private placements or, or whatever is required for this investment that says all over the place, you can lose your money. You can lose all of it. Mm -hmm. And it also says what the management is doing. And as long as the management does that, even if things go wrong, there's generally not liability. But as soon as, and I've seen this so many times, I got a great story for you. I've testified for the FBI and the SEC over the years. Mm -hmm. And literally that people not doing what they say they're going to do we'll send them to jail mm. very easily. Last trial that I testified on, it was like a group of investment promoters. They all got 80 years to life in prison. Wow. 
but they did things really wrong. They lied. They cheated. They raised $15 million. $10 million went to management salaries. Wow. It was really bad. But then all of a sudden, like a group of guys who just thought they were raising money from investors, but no, they were really cheating investors. And there were huge penalties because of it. Mm-hmm. Wow, as there should be, right? I mean, that's that's crazy. Ten million in management fees. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. You know what? They had a, a great story behind it. Oh, this is why it was so much, and this is why we were so valuable to the company. Uh, it was one of these. They didn't even try to to disclose to the investors what was going on. Mm-hmm. They found a franchise attorney to give them a legal opinion that said, "No, no, no. What you're doing is." not a security it's a business opportunity Hmm. and that's where i i love to emphasize like call it whatever you want that joint venture that everybody talks about (laughs) like if it's a security if you're bringing together passive investors these rules still apply i don't care what you call Mm -hmm. absolutely now um you have a lot of a lot of firms and a lot of services what uh what do you guys offer, you know, specifically to investors? I uh, I mean, it, we don't work so much with investors except for on the asset protection side. Okay. And it, this came from me, you know, growing my firm in Nevada. You know, I was always involved with, I've been a compliance officer for probably a dozen investment advisors over the years. And they just naturally had clients that they needed their estate plans done. Or they were in a risk position, so they needed asset protection done. So it was always just kind of a part of my business. And crowdfunding lawyers bought that around 2020, actually, from uh, Jillian Sidoti, Hmm. who, you know, they'd been running it for over a decade and and a half. Crowdfunding lawyers goes back a lot longer than I've had it. But my namesake, Dodson Legal Group, We've always been kind of in the real estate space. Now, it has expanded. It's got multiple offices, different focuses. But when it, it kind of an interesting story, it was a COVID special why I bought crowdfunding lawyers. Hmm. You know, bad time. No deals were happening. Everybody's kind of freaking out. Right. And Jillian asked one of my attorneys, Richard Robinette. If he wanted to buy the law firm Hmm. and Richard says, I'm not interested, but you should talk to my boss, Nate. And I'm like, sounds like a fun thing to do. Sure. (laughs) Let's buy it. Right. And literally Richard was my employee. He was one of my attorneys at the time. We're getting days away from the closing table. And he's like, what do I get out of this? Like I brought you the deal. Mm-hmm. And I just told him, like, I'm I'm not doing this legal work forever. In fact, you're the partner now. We're going to bring everything together that, that I've been doing over the years. But the one deal is I'm never looking at another document again. <laughs> it's worked out wonderfully ever since then. <laughs> yeah, great acquisition for you there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> For sure. But no, we I've uh, been a part of a mastermind that was uh, 
kind of created by Damon John. Oh, okay. That FUBU Shark Tank. He's a branding guru. I mean, he and honestly, a really good, kind, nice guy. Great entrepreneur. Hmm. And at one of the sessions, it was like, it was a big question of like, is it better to have that big general law firm or is it better to have individual specialized brands, separate businesses that has that laser focus in what it's doing? Mm -hmm. and, and I'll never forget Damon's like, I mean, no questions asked. Having the law firms that are, or any brand, that is specialized, that is focused on what it does, is just a better way to do business. And from that point forward, we're like, okay, well, we've got separate staff, separate attorneys, different operations, different firms with these different focuses. And that's the reason why Dodson Robinette ended up with these different law firms that related, but separate operations. Wow, that's cool. That's a nice, that's a good story. <laughs> Now you've got, so is it like a, is it a mastermind or more like a, like one-on-one -on -one with, with Damon there? So that one was a mastermind. Okay. It was called uh rise nation. It's still going today. And it's, it's awesome. Cause it's like maybe 20 of us okay. in a room with uh, Damon John for it's like two, three days, maybe oh, wow. three times a year. That's awesome. And it's, it's like that mastermind of like, Hey, here's some amazing ideas. Here's how I took this brand. And it's not just him. It's like different presenters, different entrepreneurs. Here's how I took this idea and concept from nothing to billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, I hope to be that billionaire. Uh, so, you know, it's just good stuff to learn. Yeah, that's that's like invaluable what kind of information, you know, to have access to that, which actually oh, brings yeah, me to a, another question, I guess I was going to ask you. So you have, you know, a mastermind. Uh, what other habits, you know, do you have that you continuously do to kind of keep yourself motivated and and going towards success and your goals? Honestly, it's education, 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 yeah. always growing as a person at the end of the day. I love entrepreneurship and starting businesses, growing businesses, the running business I can do without, but the ramp up is a blast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's so much to it. I mean, like for the last six months, I've had like a marketing division, but I'm like, I want to learn how me myself knows exactly what's going on, how to do it better than the next guy. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like diving in feet first, not just, hey, teach me guys, but it's like devout. I'm in the mastermind that is just for digital marketing. Yep. I'm like chewing through book after book, just trying to take those next steps to become the pro there as well. But that's kind of one little facet of every business has that on the finance, accounting, you know, management styles, mm -hmm. and all of it kind of comes together for how to have that best business possible. Yeah, great pointer. I mean, Warren Buffett reads what five hours a day or something, right? So <laughs> can never uh, stop educating yourself. That's for sure. There's a secret behind that. Yep. 
Now, Nate, what's a great way for people to reach out and find you and your firm and, and get in contact with you guys? Well, you can always get over to get to us directly at crowdfundinglawyers.net. I will just throw out, hey, email me. I love meeting new people. I love doing intro calls. My email is Nate, N-A-T-E, at investmentlawyers.com. So anybody can reach out at any time. And I love the creative process of let's figure out how to make your deal a possibility and then an actuality. Great. Now we've got one more question before we get into our five to thrive. Uh, what would be your number one takeaway for our audience to absorb from this show? Um, I wish I had a great answer for you, but I, I love what you're doing in the general sense because you're educating through interviewing other professionals mm -hmm. that are focused on getting deals done from the how to legally raise capital to I, I've seen that you're you have Scott Carson who mm -hmm. is buying and selling notes how to become a multifamily investor the different asset classes because yep. it's like if you think about right now there's a high interest rate environment that yields are changing mm -hmm. and it's going to continue to change and the only way for your listeners to know what's next is to pay attention, yep. pay attention to who's doing what, and then really watching out for as that next asset class, as it starts to blossom, get in early and get in heavy. And I couldn't even tell you what that is today because right now we're just in this transitional time frame. Mm -hmm. Agree. Like you said, education, got to stay up to date on what's going on. I think that was a great point. Yep. You nailed it. So now we get to our five to thrive, which is a word association game. So I'll just rattle off five words. Just give me the first word, phrase, sentence, whatever comes to mind. The only thing is you can't repeat the same answer. All right. First one, crowdfunding. Crowdfunding is a great buzzword. But at the end of the day, it's reaching out to the crowd to accomplish your goals. Due diligence. Investigation on partners, on prospects, on the opportunities and assets that you're looking to buy, start, or at the end of the day, just make happen. Wealth planning. Wealth planning is the basic well at the end of the day the goal of everybody <laughs> yep. and all should be doing wealth planning but it is growing your nest egg and there's different strategies to do it through investing in bonds cds stocks or private investments real estate and even being active investors I call that a job, but a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real estate investment. Real estate is one of the few assets that is never going to expand. I love it, have focused on it my entire career, basically. And you know what? There's the same amount of land then than there is now. 
just the prices and the values have gone up. Well, uh, for better or worse, extraordinarily. Yeah. Uh, with the one forewarning to everybody, because I think this is one of the most important things for people to know. I've heard it. You've heard it. It's been said so many times. Real estate values always go up. I was living in Las Vegas in 2008 and 2009 when home values went down about 60%. Yeah. And so never believe that it always goes up. But even during those times, it created new opportunities mm -hmm. and a new opportunity, you know, new millionaires, real estate millionaires yep. came out of those problems too. So it's always a important asset class to pay attention to. Absolutely. And last one is Dodson Legal Group. Dodson Legal Group is a multifaceted law firm that does way too many things. And I'm proud to say that nowadays I only deal with the real estate department and the rest of it gets to be managed by my amazing wife, Jasmine, oh, who nice. takes on all the headaches and burdens of <laughs> running the departments, the different law practices and areas. But I would never trade that for the world. We've been managing stuff together and growing the business together for probably 13 years now. Oh, wow. So would never trade it for anything. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Nate, I really appreciate you coming on and spreading your knowledge and, and informing our listeners. I appreciate the time. It's great to have you. I appreciate the opportunities and I definitely wish you the most amazing of holidays and 2024.